0: Do you well, have something to prove gee i guess almost i guess also you know i'm mm. i really think like salt and pepper did a lot for females in general but um i think it was basically easier because I, don't, I didn't have that much competition as male MCs do because it's like a two-to-one ratio. And if there's like 20 male MCs and I was a male MC, I'd have 19 others to compete with. But being that I'm a female MC and there's like maybe 10 MCs, I only have nine to worry about.
1: Lil' Kim, Salt-N-Pepa, Nicki Minaj, and countless other women in hip-hop have often been referred to as first ladies. Even today, when women are mentioned as a demographic within the genre, they're most frequently called the first ladies of hip-hop. On the surface, it seems like a high honor to hold, but time and time again, the industry has proven that this has become a hollow term used by labels to prop up their only female artist. I'm not suggesting that the title has no meaning at all. All of the women I mentioned today deserve their flowers and the highest accolades because they are legends and they are trailblazers. They are royalty. That being said, their labels, the media, the industry as a whole, have undermined their contributions and value to this craft. Black women are routinely not given the same space resources or support when it comes to their art in hip-hop and ironically a term that seems innocuous reflects many of the genre's issues with misogynoir and gender Before we get started, I just wanted to mention that this video was heavily inspired by The Gumbo. The Gumbo is a club and platform for and by Black women who love hip-hop, founded by Nadira Simmons. Months ago, their theme was First Ladies of Hip-Hop, and it got me thinking, why does the term feel dated? I thought about pitching this piece to them in article format, but I couldn't really gather my thoughts to pull it together then, so here I am now. (laughs) the platform inspires the young girl in me who wanted to see many more women in hip-hop everywhere so if you're a black woman who enjoys hip-hop i highly recommend following their social platforms if you take nothing else from this video let's get started The term first lady was first introduced in the 19th century to refer to the wife of the u.s president it didn't appear in print until the mid-1800s but has since evolved in its definitions its origins in hip-hop spring up in the 1980s when many of the world's first mcs hit the stage like the mercedes ladies roxanne chante and salt and pepper then in 1988 MC Light became the first female MC to release a solo commercial album, which changed the game completely. The term first lady began to stick as an indication of respect. Things shifted once again in 1989, when the title became more synonymous with Queen Latifah. Audiences and the industry crowned her the first lady of hip-hop, soon after she stepped onto the scene. A title that she still holds after her 1989 release of ladies first crowds were moved by her standout sound and lyrical content she became one of the first female rap stars ever captivating audiences with her smooth cadences and her tendency to speak up for herself Women fell in love with her music, which often promoted empowerment and Black feminist values. Six years later, in 1995, she would release UNITY, a track meant to bite back at the very misogynistic lyrics of her peers. Who you
0: calling
1: While it gives me and many others chills, even today, it saw little radio success. Ellen Chamberlain's TED Talk theorizes why that may be.
0: Picture it, the record opens up with these beautiful jazz horns, and then out of nowhere, you hear a bold Latifah question the listener, who are you calling a... Fill in your favorite slur. (laughs) But even so, For some reason, that record didn't get a lot of love on the radio. What was the problem with it? You know, did her message offend? Were her points a bit too sharp? Or maybe she just bruised a few
1: egos. Queen Latifah was a pioneer, and her work was influential to artists who'd come later in the game, like Lauryn Hill, Missy Elliott, No Name, Rhapsody, to name a few. The title First Lady of Hip Hop naturally fit and stuck as she's still beloved today not only for her music but for her acting her comedy and philanthropic work as well in hip-hop she may have been deemed royalty but still struggled to be treated as an equal in her field
0: one of the things that i faced as a young artist was marketing dollars the same amount of marketing dollars that would be spent on one of my male counterparts wasn't usually spent on me um, I know several female rappers that that happened to at that time who had to fight to get those marketing dollars spent on them in the same way. So it's harder to be as successful when you're not being treated the same way as your male counterparts.
1: The term would soon become common, and through the 90s and 2000s, many women MCs would earn that title. Its meaning shifted during this time to refer to the singular woman signed to a label or group. While originally this title was meant to be endearing and prestigious, its purpose eventually changed. It's now used to distract from the glaring issues of misogynoir in the genre. Labels are bursting at the seams with male artists, yet they refuse to give women, especially black women, the same level of attention and respect. There are no first men or the equivalent of that because male artists are considered the default, the standard. This is true as well for the industries of erasure and marginalization of trans and queer artists. I think
0: hip hop, if we're just talking about hip hop, is, is so misogynistic, it's so male oriented, it's so hard, it's so masculine, you know, that, if a woman doesn't have something really, really unique and special that stands out amongst all of the testosterone, it's just a difficult genre to, to survive in. When you had your, your little Kim and just her incredible style, your Foxy and her no-nonsense style, and when you had Missy, it just was able to do everything. And then you had Lauren Hill, who you could just play at any time. These were young ladies who were willing to prove a point as to that if they were not as good, that
1: they were definitely better than a lot of male rappers. In the 90s and 2000s, rap entourages and collectives became more and more popular. Groups like Junior Mafia, Rough Riders, and Young Money all operated under a similar fashion. They tend to start off with an already successful male artist who signs anywhere from 5 to 20 artists under the same label. They'll create joint albums, build a brand, appear in interviews together, and promote each other's work. From a marketing perspective, it has the potential to really pay off. Before they join this collective, they only have their fan base to rely on. Once they're in, they're constantly exposed to their label mates' audiences as well. It aids them in growing a larger following, which is enticing to upcoming artists. The rise of these groups allowed the first lady phenomenon to explode. Suddenly, every crew had to have their own female artist. Eve, the first lady of the Rough Riders, Lil' Kim, the first lady of Junior Mafia, Nicki Minaj, the first lady of Young Money these artists were given the title first lady almost immediately at signing because they became the lady of the record company this was a shift from its original use in hip-hop it became more flexible more malleable the perfect conditions existed for it to become more of a buzzword for labels than anything else signing a first lady seems to be the label's way of meeting a quota Its celebratory tone deflects from the fact that they don't intend on ever signing a second or third lady or really anyone who fits outside of the gender binary. Hip hop has always been male dominated and these collectives historically demonstrate this issue on a smaller scale. It's not to say that there weren't or aren't as many exceptionally gifted women rapping. It's that they were purposefully turned away, erased or denied opportunities that were the standard for their male counterparts. There are plenty of women just as in love with hip hop and their talent is undeniable, but when there's only one spot for women and 20 spots for men, do women even stand a chance? Looking back on previous decades and even now, The amount of music we have from female rappers pales in comparison to the extensive libraries available of male hip-hop albums, mixtapes, and projects. And these collectives historically demonstrate this issue on a smaller scale. All these females came and they had their crews behind them. There were very few who didn't,
0: you know, have a posse of men behind them. It was cool to have a female coming out you know maybe a camp sign to the label and if, and they have the first lady of this camp Come to realize that is how a lot of females have gotten into the game, I mean, through someone else. Why do you need male rappers to validate the fact that this female has got skills? It's almost chivalry, but not really. It has to have a stamp of a man. If a dog want to walk you into the label and that dog got a good reputation, everybody loves him. let the dog walk you in and get signed at the end of the day.
1: In 2017, Rick Ross made disgusting comments when asked why he doesn't sign any female rappers. We'll get to his response a bit later, but it sparked an author named Sheldon Pierce to analyze just how many hip-hop labels don't sign women. In his article for Pitchfork, Rick Ross isn't the only rap label head not signing women. He provided us with some data on the industry at the time. Here we have 14 labels in total, where I've listed the number of women signed, total number of artists signed, and the percentage of women at the label. It's also important to note that these rap labels sometimes do have women on the roster, but no female rappers. I've also put the percentages in red that fall below 30%. Because these labels should be embarrassed and ashamed, Um, we should definitely account for 50% of the profession. We don't, but 30% is abysmal. The gender gap within the music industry has a long history. Women are marginalized everywhere, including the fields of art and entertainment. When it comes to hip-hop, it seems the issue had gotten worse and worse up until the last few years. The data shows that in the 2000s and 2010s, there was a severe drought of female artists. In a 2014 article for NPR Code Switch, Eric Nielsen explored the absence of women. In his piece, Where Did All the Female Rappers Go? He noted that with a decline of female rappers being signed in the 2000s, award shows like the Grammys, BET, and VH1 decided to remove female rap categories altogether. This would further erase and push women to be on the outskirts of the genre. He also noted that in the late 80s and 90s, there were more than 40 women signed as MCs and that number slowly shrunk to just three in 2010, the same year that Nicki Minaj released Pink Friday. Seven years later, the numbers have shifted, but they still aren't anywhere near what they need to be. In Ava DuVernay's 2010 documentary, My Mic Sounds Nice, the truth about women in hip-hop, she explores this jarring absence as well through a series of interviews with iconic female rappers. When asked why they thought labels stop signing women, the common answer was that women are just more slash too expensive. They cited wardrobe cost, nails, hair, and other fees that might not always be applicable to the services male artists require. Now here's why I have a rebuttal to that. I don't think the women in the documentary were wrong for mentioning that there are a lot of costs involved in the keep up and promotion of artists, but that's true across the board some of the mcs mentioned that men can just throw on a t-shirt and jeans for a music video and call it a day in comparison to the full glam and intricate outfits women adorn but let's go back a moment in time the early 2000s as female rappers began to disappear from the scene there was a boom in the video vixen led music video These videos were extremely popular in hip-hop at the time, often featuring anywhere from tens to hundreds of women cast as the point of sexual desire. The women weren't all that was featured though. Men would often shoot these videos on private boats, in mansions, completely iced out. The budgets for men were not cheap by a long shot, just paying the huge cast and posse alone definitely put a dent in the labels funds. I think if we pulled receipts out, men were probably gleefully spending more than women or more than they were even asking for in their budgets. I'm more inclined to believe that this is the common excuse CEOs and label heads use to sweep their blatant misogyny under the rug.
0: There are a whole lot of reasons why female rappers aren't as prominent in the hip hop game as they should be. But to me, honestly, I believe the bottom line is, it's a boy's game, it's, it's a man's world, straight up.
1: These numbers don't come as a surprise when we look at the people making these decisions and offers. Collectives are always ran by male artists, ran by the male gaze, And if you turn on one of their leading stars albums, you can easily get a grasp on their feelings towards women. Hip-hop gets a lot of flack for disrespecting and objectifying women and they do. But this isn't a problem unique to hip-hop. Our society doesn't value black women. The patriarchy is alive and well everywhere. However, even though this issue exists outside of hip-hop, it doesn't absolve gatekeepers of their oppressive actions because the reality remains that anyone who is not a cis straight man in hip-hop is marginalized as a result. Overcoming obstacles to reach mainstream audiences with your music is something most artists anticipate. However, these obstacles are increased in danger and difficulty when the rising star is a black woman. Everything is tainted by misogynoir, the particular discrimination and prejudice that black women face, rooted both in sexism and anti-blackness. Even with hip-hop being a black art, black women still have to fight incredibly hard to be noticed, and then treated as an equal. When they do break into the field, they are often scrutinized if they are too sexually explicit despite their records frequently selling well and their male counterparts rapping about the same thing. While they're being slut-shamed in public, they're often being sexually harassed behind the scenes. a label executives, artists, and managers have all historically been accused of sexually harassing and assaulting women. The harassment quite literally exists in every level of the industry. Rape culture has become the culture, with prominent men in the industry turning a blind eye or endorsing predators, rapists, and misogynists. A female rapper doesn't just have to worry about being the best at her craft. She has to worry about if the men gatekeeping these spaces will use their privilege to harm her or put her in uncomfortable positions. Even when black women put the work in to get where they are, the public only offers them distrust and demands. How frequently are first ladies like Nicki Minaj or Little Kim accused of sleeping their way to the top? Yo, I never fucked Wayne, I never fucked Drake. All my life, man, fuck sake. The idea that women sleep their way to the top is rarely highlighted by the fact that men in the industry expect or demand sexual favors from upcoming female artists. The idea exists because men constantly put women in compromising positions, and then our society attacks the woman that they deem unworthy. The world is quick to tell a woman that she doesn't deserve her career if it's believed that she obtained her status through sexual favors. But when women talk about this very real threat of sexual harassment in a field that likes to deliberately hypersexualize women and girls, we're told that we're being overdramatic the threat of our safety becomes bait for online memes and jokes misogynists always flatten this discourse and remove all nuance black women who are most frequently the targets of this rhetoric are more likely to be put in compromising situations with men who have much more power much more money and much more privilege than them With these dynamics at play, it breeds an environment for different forms of sexual harassment and exploitation. There aren't as many men beholden to this scenario, as most men are the gatekeepers in the industry. The power structure for them is simply not the same and insulting women's talent by suggesting that they had to do more for their opportunity or do things that they may not have even wanted to is not the drag that men think it is. Plenty of men have willingly admitted to being absolute creeps in the industry. Rick Ross made some terrifying remarks when he was on The Breakfast Club back in 2017. What about a female rapper? I always felt like I know you dibbled and dabbled with different artists that other female rappers, but you know, you know, is that I, you know. you feel like? You
0: know, I never did it because I always thought like I would end up fucking the female rapper <laughs> and oh fucking the business up. Here. I'm so that's focused awful. on my business. I'm just, I gotta be honest with you. You know, you know, she looking good I'm spending so much money on her photo shoots. I gotta fuck
1: up. a couple be- times. <laughs> <laughs> like In if, You
0: know, if I signed you or something, I would have to... <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Fuck.
1: Considering this is the same man who wrote the lyric, put Molly on her champagne she ain't even know it, his predatory behavior seems patterned. This clip from his music video is starting to make a lot more sense to me. Man, you must be new or something, man. We the best, man. License and registration.
0: I'm living life in this fast lane. I love it too much. I will never go back. So I gotta stay (sighs)
1: speeding. Legendary. He is running from the law. These comments were not just a one-off. Sexual harassment rarely ever is. His response to Angela Yee speaks volumes about his character and the way that he perceives women. He doesn't seek out potential female artists for their talent, but for only what they can provide him. He's objectifying and sexualizing his potential employees before he even meets them. On the contrary, I'm sure he doesn't have this thought process when it comes to signing male artists. He's not sexualizing them at all. He simply recognizes whether or not they have talent. Then he decides whether he wants to back them financially. Are the men harassed and expected to perform sexual favors too, or is it just the women? He has since apologized for his remarks, but <sighs> Don't tell me a sorry question what Rick Ross fails to understand is his common speak volumes about his character and how he views women day to day. And clips from the show signed on VH1 where he was cast as a judge, show that it's pretty clear his Breakfast Club comments were not just a one-off. He favored a light-skinned performer who he seemed to be attracted to while treating a dark-skinned woman on the show much more coldly. So not only is the misogynoir present in his decision-making, but the colorism is as well. It's probably for the best that he's not bringing on any female artists. By his own accounts he's created an unsafe work environment for them before their first day black women are subjected to so many layers of violence from all around them in 2020 megan the stallion was shot by one of her male peers in the field tori lanes it's particularly heartbreaking the way that megan's traumatic assault was memed pulled apart and dismissed we've seen male rappers shoot and get shot and the public doesn't question whether they were lying or what they did to deserve it. Yet, Meg experienced an onslaught of online harassment after her assault. Men and women have taken up for Tory Lanes, asked for proof, harassed her with insults. We live in a world where one of the biggest stars in music was shot and her pain became a source of laughter for the rest of the world. And on top of the public scrutiny she faced, she also received little to no support from others in the industry, both men and women. Similarly, in 2018, Khalees went public about the physical abuse she experienced while in a relationship with Nas. Rather than receiving support or kind words, Khalees was attacked once more this time online by the general public people accused her of lying refused to believe it was true or even went as far as to justify it you may think that those people are just mean trolls online and they're the outliers people with too much time on their hands but that following year naz's career was doing better than ever headlining major festivals like doveball Instead of him receiving death threats, he had men all over the world coming to his defense, letting it be known that they don't care what Nas may have done. They'll always go up for their king, where there should have been blame placed, where there should have been shame placed. There was instead encouragement and praise. Since then, most people act like it never happened. People did not publicly speak up for Khalees either. Another parallel that these women have in common was that they were taken advantage of financially in their contracts. They cite being young and taking the advice of people who misled them as the reasons that they were exploited financially. In both cases where Khalees says the Neptunes took larger chunks of the profit than what was promised and Meg says she did seek legal advice but still felt that the label took advantage of her, they were crucified. The general public blamed them for their pay inequality rather than shaming the men who seem to have blatantly taken advantage of them. Here we have the First Lady of 1501 and the First Lady of the Neptunes, let's face it, who were treated terribly in personal, professional, and parasocial relationships. Artists are still eager to work with Tory Lanez and Nas, often defending their decisions saying that it's business. As things begin to shift even more, I think we'll see a lot of artists rewriting their role in this particular part of history. Similar to how R. Kelly's henchmen, who used to help set him up with children, had their face beat in 4K saying how wrong he was, as if they weren't complicit and, I would argue, active participants. The harm goes well beyond sexual harassment, abuse, and financial exploitation it lingers in the image that the label wants them to promote it accompanies every interview question
0: i remember doing interviews with the guys and you know and the interviewer would be like you know now Wycliffe, tell us about your thoughts on the world prize what do you think of hip-hop as an industry lauren what is your favorite color of lipstick i'd be like
1: no It dictates what is slash isn't acceptable art from women and it's what influences the public's perception and their reactions. With so many varying aspects of misogynoir at play, the conditions in hip-hop are so tough for Black women, even first ladies, to have long successful careers. Hip-hop is nothing without Lauryn Hill, MC Light, Left Eye, Missy, Trina, Foxy, yet the world around them failed to give them the support and respect they deserved.
0: This Is it love? Is it love right
1: Things have changed and some would argue improved for the first ladies of hip hop over the last 10 years. There are more women in the genre than ever before, and now women have more access to music that they feel represented by. Back in 2010, I was a Barb, of course. 14 year old me saw the vision, absolutely. But more importantly, I was a lover of hip hop and I wanted to hear more women. Frankly, I needed to hear more women. But there were only so many women I could find. Men were the default and they still are the default. But now it's much easier for me to name 10 rappers off the top of my head who are making incredible music. Flo Millie, Dreezy, Young Baby Tate, Megan Thee Stallion, Malibu Mitch, Doja Cat, Young M.A. No Name, Tierra Whack, Chica, Cali, who I just discovered and I freaking love, Rico Nasty, Miss Boogie, uh, Lily Kelly, 47, Baby Mother, Jungle Pussy, and I, of course, am not going to leave Nicki Minaj off that list. Because ain't no seeing green, but I'm what? Seeing <laughs> green. So even with all of these incredibly talented women breaking barriers in the industry, Black women still aren't protected. They still aren't given the highest accolades. They still aren't paid fairly. They still aren't given the number one spots on lists. They don't even make the fake hip-hop rush when will that change? Do you consider yourself a feminist?
0: I consider myself my mother's daughter. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even know what a femin- feminist was. And apparently I was a feminist because later people told me, you're a feminist. And I'm like, what the hell is a feminist? OK, let me read that. I guess that's what I am. It's I suppose just a simple so. equality. Yes, yeah. I had no yeah. idea yeah. what a feminist was exactly. But uh, yes, I do have the traits of a feminist. Um, but I really was really, I mean, honestly, just my mother's child, and the things that she taught me about how, you know, at to be how, how to be a woman and how women should be respected, and never to depend on anyone for money, and to be able to make my own decisions, to believe in myself.